Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Taylor Rapp, former Washington Husky defensive back, and you are tuned in to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Hello and Iron welcome, oh, God. Whoa. We're off to a wow, wonderful is- start here on episode 49 of the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. We're not going to uh, pay any attention to the, episode, the number 49 or any games related to it whatsoever. Uh, we are joined by – we have a full cast today, which we've had for a couple of weeks now, which is always good. We have Bennett and Omari. Uh, hello, my friends. Hello. What's popping? We've been a little uh, – the energy's high today, so <laughs> we might get a little jokey. I might be laughing. Um, not, uh, not any laughing matter as we get into our Seahawks here because, again, we have Russell Wilson in the news, but we're not going to talk about that right away. We have uh, a couple of things related to Seahawks cornerbacks, future and – not future, past and – present to an extent uh richard sherman and the seahawks are reportedly not entirely opposed to a reunion wild so that's you know that's not like huge news or too impactful but i mean i guess it's it doesn't close the door on richard sherman uh returning to play in a seahawks uniform and uh i mean he stated he's clearly not returning to the 49ers which is good well voice crack good but um I mean, he's got a lot of people that I'm sure want him. I mean, the Raiders seem to have expressed interest. But, you know, uh, if if he gets signed, let's just say we didn't put it off the table here, the Circling South Sports podcast. Um, and then in terms of quote-unquote present, because I have no idea if he's going to bring back or not, uh, Shaquille Griffin stated that he wants to return to Seattle, but at the same time he understands that it's strictly business. So that could or could not be uh, – news of a departure i mean read into it as much as you want you can come up with your own theories like many did with the popular show wandavision and whether or not mephisto wouldn't be in it which he was not what a weird but, what a weird what a weird seg into our new podcast that we're doing right now hey hey <laughs> don't talk about that that's Are under wraps that right now? it's under wraps under wraps let's get into something that's very head scratching and annoying wait, russell wilson news wait, quick question quick question oh how do you guys think uh, Richard Sherman's return to the Seahawks would affect the locker room aspect, especially if Russell Ooh, is- now that's that a good question. That's so, a good question. When I said wild, I wasn't being sarcastic. I was genuinely being like, that's crazy to me. Because if you think about the most vocal, like, the vocal critics of Seattle as an organization, the first person you think of is re- usually like Richard Sherman. Or maybe Earl Thomas and his middle Earl finger. Maybe Earl Thomas or Doug Baldwin, but like most notably Richard Sherman because Sherman's he's the only one who's still in the league. Um, Ooh. yeah, sorry, Earl. <laughs> that is know. correct. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing, but I'm not gonna, I just I'm not going to make any jokes. He he should go to Philly though. <laughs> okay, come on, the city is you know. <laughs> we. No reason of, at all. For the life. city of brotherly love. Okay. All right. Um, so Richard Sherman, yeah, I think that that's why it would be so crazy for me for a reunion because the fact that his agent said that the door's not closed, I think, it, I, I don't know, because it could be a locker room masterpiece because we can get a veteran in there who, A, will call Pete out because yeah. he will. Yeah, and that's a bit, yeah, you've got a good point. I don't mean to bug in, but. I just the last thing I was gonna say, but on the flip side of that, he could also be a really divisive figure in a locker room because he did play on our. I mean, like I don't think it matters that he played on our team's uh, rival, but he also is just like 
he's an outspoken critic of the coaching, and that might be a point of well, yeah, he's outspoken our younger players. And that's, I mean, did we talk about it last week? I don't know. Just with how things have been going with all this news relating to the team lately, it feels like things kind of are slow. And <laughs> it's not like we're like flying through the offseason. It just kind of feels like it's just dragging. Um, but with a report that came out that Pete and his son, like nobody holds them accountable and that they don't really say, they don't, nobody tells them no, that's a concern. And if you were able to get a guy if you bring him back, I sure he he's Richard Sherman's not gonna just kind of sit back and be quiet about the situation. He's not that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I think Omari raises a really good question. I wonder how that would uh interact. It's like, you know, you drop this chemical into the mix, what kind of reaction are you gonna get? Um Huh, I did not think about that. Very good, Omari. Um I mean I'd like that to happen. I'd really like him to come back just because um shoot i mean i think the guy we've had the league the longest well at least on the team the longest and at the cornerback position has been shaquille Which so wild again cause... yeah so you know i i don't think having him i don't think having mr sherman be back would be a bad situation at all really i mean i think having uh a veteran presence back a guy who's we've got a really good football iq I mean, Sherman's never been a fast guy. So anything, you know, worried about speed, I don't know. I don't really worry about speed too much just because I know he's never been a guy that's, like, flying, you know, uh, always going to catch up with somebody. Uh, but a very Pete Carroll corner. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, just the – that aspect of it is a really interesting thing to think about. So let's get into something that's kind of related to that locker room. Russell Wilson and more news this week. I had to make another dot this week that says Russell Wilson news. Am I thrilled about that? No. Uh, the Seahawks are not thrilled about how the situation has unfolded this offseason. They reportedly, in quotes, not happy. Um, and the rumor – oh, wait, no, this is a different segment. The rumor came out – oh, okay. Here comes my anger. Uh, a rumor came out that the Seahawks were shopping Russell Wilson, according to Diana Rossini with NFL Network. Um, and then she quickly backtracked and said that the Seahawks are not shopping Wilson and that have teams have called and the phone has been answered. I think that's just, just mm, absolute clickbaiting. It is. Oh, I got it. I want to make a story out of this, you know, just you know it's just ridiculous the way the nfl network and i mean most of the media has handled this has been crap i'm just gonna say it's been crap because you know again and again people are oh um uh oh he wants out of here oh you know russell wilson's dying to get out of seattle all this crap when he's literally stated you know it's like he wants to be in seattle I'm, I'm saying he because Bennett's told me that it's been through his agent, which my apologies. Uh, he wants to stay in Seattle and that, you know, he, he, uh, I just, there's, there's no been, he hasn't like sat there and pounded the table with his fist and said, I don't want to be here anymore. That hasn't happened. And that's how the media is, at least to me, it seems like uh, they've been handling the situation. You know, I just, it's, it's, it's frustrating to me because it continues to, I don't remember what the dude's name was, but he's on NFL network and they go, well, there's smoke, there's fire. And there's definitely fire. I'm like, you know, Russell Wilson sat down 
and said, you know, he did he didn't like how the the offense was going in the second half, which I don't think any of us did, right? And and he asked this offseason he asked for better uh, a couple the report with Michael Dugershon and Joe Fan and a bunch of other guys said that he wanted at least one piece uh that the team sank uh significant capital into, which isn't bad. And there's gonna be offensive linemen that you can do that with this offseason, barring they get tagged like Brian, Brandon Scherf did. Uh and he wanted some input on the decisions. He got that with Waldron, right? And to a guy that's as valuable as Russell to this team, th- those aren't uh, outlandish requests. I really don't think he's being a diva in this regard. I mean, Russell's been a guy that year after year we had like Gary Gill, guys like Gary Gilliam, guys like George Fant, and this is no disrespect to them. They've you know have been in the NFL, which is for more than I can say, more than any of these guys on the podcast can say. You know, there was my brief stint with the 1989 Cincinnati Bengals. Oh yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's guys that were patchwork. There were guys that were projects. And to be fair, Tom Cable, I mean, they threw him at Tom Cable and said, Hey, make this guy an NFL lineman. You know, they, they never really went out and got a guy that was established or signed a guy in free agency nope. or spent a high draft pick on a guy with the exception of Russell Okun back in the day, but he was drafted before Russell. Um, so th- that doesn't make sense. But you know, I, I just I, I don't understand the whole idea that he's I was, I've seen that people say he's whiny and that, you know, the idea that he's clamming to get out of Seattle, you know, I just, it's, I'm, I'm very frustrated with having to go over this again and again and again, you know, I, I really don't think he wants to be out of Seattle. I think he wants to be better as a team. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Uh, do either of you have comment on the whole situation and whether or not it's just media up talk or. Well, Okay, so the only thing that tips me off, you can, I think you can probably help me out with this a little bit. I just need to know a source. So somebody put out the words that Russell Wilson thinks he's a top five quarterback. Oh, was that and, the one where, yeah, that wasn't the one where we thought it was Doug, was it? No, 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 no. And it wasn't even, it's not even that. Yeah, maybe it is. I'm not sure. There's some. Some article came out that said, and I guess the source doesn't exactly matter because I'm about to say why it's kind of bullshit. Oh, man. Okay, that's fine. I said crap. I don't know if it's, you know. Yeah, whatever. Um, But I'm going to talk about how that's kind of not true. Um, So Russell apparently went to the team and said, I'm a top five quarterback. Apparently the team said, no, you're not even a top ten quarterback. That's probably simplifying some things, but... Which I don't know the, why you'd even say that, but yeah. First off, if your quarterback comes to you and says, "I'm a top five quarterback," if you're an organization, I don't care if Chad Henneke goes up there and if if he says, "I'm a top five quarterback," if you're a franchise, you say, "No, you're the number one quarterback because you're our quarterback. You're the, you're the number one quarterback on this organize in this organization." <laughs> exactly. First off, there's a couple of things that are unrealistic about this. I don't think Russell gives a shit where he lands in the top five conversation because he said multiple times, I don't care where I land in the top five conversation. I'd like to win another Super Bowl, please. Um, so that to me yeah. is nothing. He's always um, expressed that he just wants to win. That's all. He's always said that. Yeah, Everyone's, that's his kind of his And thing. for years, people didn't care. They're like, uh, Russell is just always positive. Blah, blah. Russell's a phony. But now he says something where he wants to get better. And it's, Russell's a diva. Russell whines too much. 
Evan has a, so... Evan Hill. That that's ah. like a point that Evan Hill has made multiple times ah. about like this guy has spent the last seven years of his life here being a media personality. I'm like discounting the years before the Super Bowl win. Um, just being like, why not you? Why not us? Let's get yep. out there. Let's win. That was a yep. good team win. Yep. And he like wins by one point. He could get sacked he- twenty times in the game and be like, oh, you know. O-line blocked their ass off today. and What the? Russell. What? Yeah, it's like <laughs> the dude has to carry the whole team on his back in the fourth quarter to win by one point because the defense that. just leaves. And like, hey, listen, the defense did that even when we had a Legion of Boom. <laughs> like, you look at, like, some seasons, 2015-16, uh, post-disaster. Um, when we still had some of these pieces like Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor. Well, and then that season, they they weren't, like, good at the midway point they had to have like a meeting where the players sat down yeah held each other accountable the accountability so, meeting where we that like similar to the one that we had this year which turned the defense around and also turned the offense around the wrong way um, <laughs> i think we're gonna go backwards on offense okay so i just think that like literally in this situation right now, there's no way Russell Wilson wins in terms of media eye. No. People are going to call him ego. People are going to call him yep. a fake person. Yep. And it doesn't help that you got guys like Jermaine Curse, Doug Baldwin. And by the way, this is not me talking shit about them because they're entitled to their own opinion. And I love both of them. They're like my favorite pair of wide receivers ever. Uh, World champions. And they were called pedestrian. And then Doug Baldwin caught the most touchdowns in the league and was kind of like, it was pedestrian now. So I think that those guys are completely entitled to their own opinion. And honestly, and I'll just say this, and maybe this is a hot take. They're probably right. Russell could probably be kind of a jerk in the locker room. Probably. That's within the realm of things. I mean, is he like a dick like Tom Brady? Probably not. I don't think he like super snobby and like turns the other way when he sees a rook. Probably not. I mean, you hear about these stories about Tom Brady, like Chris Hogan. I nah. didn't hear that. Nikhil Harry. Oh. What, what did he do to Nikhil like... Harry? Huh? What did he do to him? He was like, I'm not going to throw to you. Oh. Nikhil <laughs> Harry, like, dropped the pass. He was like, you don't make me look bad. I'm not throwing to you anymore. Oof. And then he just didn't throw to him for the rest of the season. I also don't think Russell has a MAGA hat in his locker like Brady, but. I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> He doesn't. Um, I I just I have such a hard time being like the the media is trying to paint him as such a black and white figure. You know what I mean? Like, oh, he was a god loving guy, and now he's a diva. Yeah, all of a sudden things change. I'm like, he's a real person. He's probably had good days and bad days. If the media didn't build this pedestal around him to begin with, we wouldn't be here. Like. This is a lot of sensationalized media. <laughs> the minute he says something that's not about Jesus, he's wrong. And you two, sh- like you two, are obviously more experts on this than me because you're <laughs> in college for media. Uh, but I just think it's like a complete mishandling of how they're approaching the situation. I know. I think I have it in my notes here. I think it's just just poor work. Yeah, it's it's just just they're grasping at straws, like Diana Rossini. I don't know what she's accomplished in the career or whatever, or what's led her to this point, but for her to act, she, she said it on the show. She said they're actively shopping him. Why would you say that? Complete swing and a miss. And she backtracked and said, oh, they're not shopping him. Apparently when all it was, was the teams were calling the Seahawks. 
I'm sure they've called the Seahawks for years about this. You know, it's just yeah, the, the back in what 2018 when they were doing the big contract restructure, a lot of teams were calling a team having having teams call you about a quarterback isn't shopping him. I don't understand where this. That's like when the big new the big news broke out that the Rams called about Rodgers. Oh yeah, it's like oh, stupid. That, that's the, stupid. the Packers are shopping Rodgers. Like, no, they're no. not. They answered a call to the Rams and said, "Hey, you know, Rams, no." Yeah, answering a call doesn't mean anything. I, you know, it's like if you're the GM of a team, you're just gonna like leave the <laughs> you're gonna leave a team, <laughs> just gonna like leave a coach another GM on red. I don't know how that you know I. I gotta at least pick it up. I don't think John Schneider would be like, hey man, piss off. Ignore the call. I don't know. You know, I just think it's I'm just frustrated with how this is all being handled by the media. It's just I don't know. Technically we're media too. Technically. But um, we're not really handling it. We're kind of just this entire time, at least I I think I said the first time we talked about Russell, I was like, he's not getting traded. And then for the rest of the time, I've just been shitting on media for covering this. That's basically way. all this. Because I mean, I don't have. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I think he's going somewhere because I don't. I'm telling you how I feel honestly. If you twisted my arm and made you give a percentage, made me give me a percentage, I'd probably say like 80, 20. 80, yeah. he doesn't. Twenty, he does. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I'd say that's generous to the he does get traded. Um, I just. You know, I just think it's ridiculous. Um, and then the other news, uh, the last piece that I have about Russell Wilson this week, God love him, but tired of talking about him right now, at least in this regard. Uh, the Chicago Bears' top priority at quarterback this offseason is acquiring Russell Wilson. Woohoo! Good for you, Bears. You can take, I mean, come on, just <laughs> that's just so outlandish. I'd worry about yourself, please. Worry about whether or not you're going to re-sign Mitch Trubisky. I mean, that's what they've been dealing with for years, and that was a, a huge mistake. Uh, I'm not going to – we're not a Bears podcast. Let's not talk about them. Um, moving away from that uh, anger pit, uh, Josh Gordon and Greg Olson were officially released. I mean, uh, their contracts were going to expire regardless. But um, this allowed for Josh Gordon to join the Fan Control Football League where he rejoined – uh, rejoined. He joined Jonathan Manziel uh, on the Zappers, and Greg Olson was then able to sign a one-day contract with the Carolina Panthers to retire. So, best endeavors of both. I still would have loved to see Josh Gordon play a full season with us, but uh, you know things just don't work out in the NFL for reasons that the NFL doesn't like Josh Gordon. So, I mean that that sucks, and that'll always be a story. I feel like that uh, you know what could have been with Josh Gordon, and that really sucks. So, um. Ooh, uh, NFL season note, the NFL schedule is likely to be released in May. And there are two things to sort of pay attention to. There are 17 games that are expected to be played. So it looks like this season they will add the 17th game. And there is a possible Monday playoff game. So I'm going to start with Omari here. Uh, What do you think about a 17-game season and what kind of impact that might have on the league as a whole, whether it be, you know, how the playoffs play out um, or just, you know, because 16 games itself, no team gets through a 16 game season completely healthy, you know, so does, you know, 17 game, 17th game, I'm sure adds uh, something else to it. So what do you, what do you think about a 17 game season? Yeah, Omari. 
Yeah, you know, that's a really good point. Oh, hi, Bennett. <laughs> uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, there was oh, a technical okay. issue. Yeah, that was weird. Okay, but I actually feel really deeply about this because I'm a Steelers fan, and I, I know Ben cannot make it through 17 games. I know <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> but I also I feel like this fixed. But this they makes, gave him another year. Oh, no, he restructured. Right? No, yeah, he restructured. It's, it's another year, though. It's just the year. Well, it's yeah. like five years, apparently. No, but the way <laughs> it's going to play out, it's only going to be a year. Yeah, there's like four but, shadow years. Yeah, which I don't fully understand. But, uh, yeah, no. So I feel like it puts more pressure on teams to actually de- like develop their full roster and make sure their teams have depth. Because, you mm-hmm. know, that's really why the Chiefs lost this year in the Super Bowl because – they oh yeah, down their left and right tackles, which is an important position for sure. But like, you got to be sure you can have someone to step up and fill in that gap when someone important goes out, so you can still mm-hmm. win games like that. Because I think the Super Bowl would have been completely different, and it's crazy how much of a difference those two players can have. So if you're playing more games, you're putting your players more at risk to getting injured. So I, I like, I wonder if that would cause for more people to uh, like rest their players once they get to uh, mm. once they secure a playoff spot. Because I know the Steelers Ben didn't play the last game of the season. I think it was against the Browns or something. Yeah. But because at the end of the playoffs, they wanted him to rest. So I wonder if we're going to see that happening a little bit more now because that that one game could mean a lot. So maybe, you know, you're already going like 16 or not 16, but like 14 or 13 already got your playoff spot. You might like rest your quarterback just so like rest your stars just so you can make sure you go in because, you know, who cares about your record if you don't win this like the Super Bowl. So I feel like this could actually really mean a lot. A lot of Seattle fans. Exactly. So, but they made the playoffs. That means it's okay. Yeah. Making the uh, playoffs bare minimum. Oh, I guess technically you have not told me that it's my turn to talk. Oh, you don't need go ahead, permission. Go ahead, man. Thank you. Um, well, you when I was raise on your that, hand, we're not in class. When I was on the eight and eight, nineteen eighty nine Bengals, I was really <laughs> gassed by the end of the season. So. <laughs> Just from an NFL insider point of view, this is a really stupid idea. Um, I I just remember that Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, like a lot of these guys, after he had that just absolutely disastrous death game that ended both Cliff Averill and Cam Chancellor's careers, um, there was kind of a discussion about how Monday night games worked, you know, or Thursday night games worked. Oh, Thursday, yeah. That's always been a big thing. And, like, the the days of rest getting cut down pretty significantly there um, and how that's dangerous. And then there were talks about cutting the preseason mm. – or not not cutting the preseason, but shortening the preseason, uh, which ended up – I don't know. Some people said – the jury's out on that, but whatever. Uh, I think a 17th game will end up falling within the same regard. And at the end of the day, the reason they're doing it, and let's be real, it's not so they can, it's not to like have team strength in the rosters. It's not to make the season more interesting. It's, yeah, it's to make some cash. Uh, is Goodell a good commissioner? No. No. Ooh. He's a shitty commissioner. Consensus report is that Rogers, not the uh, I, I, favorite. I, I think that. he's a pretty terrible commissioner. I remember there was a bumper sticker outside of O'Day. I must have been a parent's car, but there was always a fire Goodell. <laughs> Which I and I don't one. remember what it was for. I think it was the year Brady got away with deflate gate. Oh. With like nothing but a slap on the wrist. <laughs> Looking back on it, honestly, who gives a shit about deflate gate? But also, well, and then they treated that like it was some whole big 
crime. Like, yeah, Goodell like really revenge tour. Shut up. Uh, Shut up. Goodell has to. He's just. It's crooked to do this. I know there's like a million other people who are involved in this, but I'm sure the players association will have something to say on it. They'll probably get overruled, like they usually get steamrolled. Um. I just think it's a really damaging move because I do think it'll cause more injuries. And if it doesn't cause more injuries, it'll cause like, like week 16 already doesn't matter for a lot of teams. Mm -hmm. Like this year, it mattered for like the dolphins and the Browns and the Browns and the Browns. It didn't even matter because they said, we're going to arrest our 50 year old quarterback who should be in jail. Um, Yeah. That's why. Uh, it didn't really matter for the Browns. They're like, oh, we get to play against. Well, no, they won and they were in the playoffs. We get to play against. I know, but we get to play against the quarterback who may or may not have called. Well, I think I think the Browns cared a little bit. Star defensive game. lineman a slur, so I that think was we're probably going to win. There was their first playoff game in however many years. I figured they cared a little bit. Well, they played him week seventeen. I see him again. And then they played him the playoffs. The playoffs mattered. Week seventeen did not. I don't think. Like, it mattered because it would get them into the playoffs, but it obviously didn't matter to the Steelers. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. for the Steelers, then, yeah. And which makes it, like, less of a game for the Browns. I mean, they probably sure game-planned it the same way that they did game-plan any other game. Probably with a little bit more urgency, but my point is, around the league, people do not care about Week 16. Week 17, I guess it's technically, because everybody has a bye week. Um. It just ends up becoming a pretty inconsequential week. I the Ste- the Seahawks, I don't think really cared because there's no way we were going to get the number one seed. People were talking about, well, if the blanks beat the blanks and the blanks beat the blanks and the Seahawks are in sole possession, of fr- it wasn't going to happen. Sad. So adding another game really doesn't do anything. It's stupid. I don't think it makes the league more competitive. Largely, it's just a money thing, and that's all. It'll be you know. That's all it should be looked at as. Stupid. So, it's like, let's add two more games to the MLB season. Speaking of things, consideration. Hmm. No, I was just saying it's such little consideration to like the players. Oh yeah, no, exactly. they don't, That's what they I'm don't care about what the players think. They could care less. The it's NFL crazy. for the for the amount of money. I mean, they're completely reliant on the players. They just do not give a shit about them. No. Sickening. To look at the other things that are frustrating. Uh, well, this was a story that came out from uh, CX reporter Corbin, Corbin Smith, who's usually pretty good at, uh, you know, legitimate stories and not having uh, stuff that's just crap. Uh, but he said that there were reports of a discussion uh, that were reports of discussions ongoing between the Seahawks and Carlos Dunlap on a multi-year extension. That turned out to be false. And uh, that came to a head as today on the 8th of March here, this Monday, uh, the team cut Dunlap, and but it said that the team has ex- quote unquote air quotes. I'm doing air quotes, so just imagine me doing air quotes. Expressed interest in bringing him back, which that's great and all, but uh, it's 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 a big concern um, amongst others that you know we consider right now, um, as the team is kind of staring down the barrel of the uh, sort of deadline for. Uh, I forgot what it was. I think it's the deadline for the, um, sorry. Oh, the tag deadline and the uh, salary cap being official 
the tag deadline might get pushed back because the final cal- salary cap number hasn't been uh, official yet, but it's still concerning that there's not been any talk of extensions with guys like Tyler Lockett or Jamal Adams to free up money or even, you know, Carlos Dunlap for that matter. But right now that's not going to happen. There's no extension going to happen because he's a free agent as of right now. So, you know, uh, I don't, I don't really understand what's going on. I don't understand why the team didn't opt to just extend him to free up the cap space. Cause that was probably the best option. I mean, it's not like Dunlap got uh, acquired and then he didn't do anything. He was productive and he would have fit in, uh, you know, and having him healthy for, for a full season would address a need at pass rush that has been an issue for two years before this season. And then going into the season, obviously. And now again, we have a pass rush issue. So, you know, it's, it's concerning to see that there's been no news really in regards to that. No news is bad news right now. I think. Yeah. No news is bad news. So, you know, what, what let's, let's, let's put this on a point scale. Well, not a point scale, a number, num, number, numbers, yeah, scale. Number. how concerned are you on a one to 10 scale at this current point with, what's going on with the front office and in accordance with moves and, or no moves rather, actually, I'm going to go with Bennett first. Sure. Um, I think my biggest thing with the inaction so far, this whole, well, we got our eyes on everything is obviously not true. Cause you don't got your eyes on your own players. Um, <laughs> everything, but your own guys. Yeah. Uh, Dunlap posted on Instagram today. The Seahawks released Carlos Dunlap for doing exactly what they asked him to do. <laughs> And it's like, yikes, you guys. It definitely, and Jared Reed immediately said defensive linemen win you championships. So it's like. DJ Reed. What did I say? Jaron. Ah. You know, it really sucks. It really sucks we have two defensive players with the last name Reed. (laughs) Except they're both really good, so I don't really Can you guys fix that, please? Can you fix that? What do you change your last names to, like. I got confused on my podcast. I need help. Sorry, I a little it, bit. I got. I made a mistake. I did it wrong. Um, I'm just like obviously the team, not the organization, but the team members didn't expect this, and I don't think Carlos Dunlap expected it either. I think he probably went to the office today thinking, "I'm going to get my contract restructured, and I'm going to be here for the next couple of years, maybe on a veteran deal, making some good money with some incentives." Nope. Nope. I honestly think you could have restructured this deal to make it work for the team. I think everybody thought that. Which is why going into today, or as we march towards March 13th, nice, Bennett, um, March. it's getting increasingly scary that we're not getting any news on this. I'd say Tyler Lockett's big, because if we restructure him, we get a lot of cap space. I'm saying Jaron, not Jaron, God, you know, our team, Jamal Adams, uh... <laughs> They're Sorry, my defense. roommate's like practicing Shakespeare right now or something. <laughs> I like very explicitly said we're doing a podcast right now, so can you not play like Pink Floyd really loud? And now he's like, the drums are bursting loudly. And I'm like, what's going on? Uh, sorry for that tangent. It's just been interrupting me every time I talk. <laughs> Anyways. Oh <my> God. <laughs> can you hear him? Uh, no, your voice. <laughs> Whatever that noise was. Oh, I said. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, But, yeah, the fact that we're not doing anything with Jamal Adams, the fact that we haven't even talked about Shaquille Griffin, which I know is 
Like, he'll probably end up walking with the fact that we haven't even looked at that contract yet. <sighs> it starts to make you think, well, obviously we're not going to let Lockett walk because he has another year on his contract. So Not right now, at least. He's here for 2022, at least. Morbid. But we should be. We haven't looked at Jamal Adams yet, which should be the most concerning thing to everybody, I think. Because what, he has one more year here, maybe? I believe so, yeah. I think him yeah. and Lockett are up. He's got one more year here. We should make that multiple more years here <laughs> because he's good. He's Blitz boy, but he's good. <sighs> because also Marquise Blair will be healthy next year and we'll have your coverage corner. Uh, uh, safety, because he can play safety. I think. Nickel. Um, and we also have Ugo Amadi. Like, we can, those guys can work it out. Um,. But, like, the fact that we're not even talking about these things is really concerning because if we don't talk about them, they're going to end up going to different teams eventually. And Jacksonville and the Dolphins are interested in Lockett. Oh. And those are teams with pretty big draft capital. Oh, no. And I know the Seahawks get all drooly over draft capital that we misuse, so that will just trade away for a player that we'll end up losing, too. It's just, it is disconcerting. And I hope we can pull it together in the next week. It will, I mean, next episode will be very telling, honestly. Like, we'll know where we're headed by that time, pretty much. Which is exciting, because we'll have a lot of stuff to talk about and bitch about in our group chat for the next couple of days. Uh, but I'm really not holding my breath for any good news, if I'm honest with you folks. The offseason hasn't been fun for us. Really it's has. been a torturous offseason for the Seahawks. Yeah. So do you have a number out of 10? For your concern level? Uh, six. Because I really? kind of saw this coming. Maybe a seven. Okay. No, I guess me seeing it coming doesn't lessen my concern. So probably probably like a 7.5 to 8, if I'm honest with you. To quote Star Wars, I've got a very bad feeling about this. Oh, you're hilarious. Thank you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Omari, your number out of 10? I'm going to say a nine. Oh shit. Now that sounds drastic, right? But it's one thing if they were doing shit right to begin with, but they've already been doing shit wrong and they keep on doing more (laughs) shit wrong. So I just don't have any faith in them to do anything right. I mean Amari has a point. I think I think I think that um lately things haven't been stellar. Uh so they're not giving me any reason to have faith. I mean, we're starting this year yearly trend where the same trades for a pass rusher, and then they let him walk. Like it's what? Two years in a row? Bounty last year. Yeah. Dunlap this year. Let's not let Dunlap. Oh, I mean, there's Freeney. Okay. But that was in the middle of a – we didn't trade for him. He was a off-the-street guy. He didn't pick up? Oh, I guess so. That was weird. They signed him for two games and he was productive and they said, hey, bye, Dwight. Bye. <laughs> like, okay. it's like, yeah, there's a couple of your 93 jerseys in the pro shop in the clearance section. You can leave now. They just had to get there. That's what we're waiting for. So, you know, I, I don't, I, you know, I, if I were to put a number on it, I'd say eight, eight and a half, just because the, we're not getting any farther away from, the deadlines here we're getting closer to them and there's there hasn't even been rumors that there's contract there's there's nothing just dead silent radio silence so you know i just it's been a really frustrating uh off season for 
this team when it's really an offseason that they needed to hit a home run on to use a baseball yeah. analogy, and they they haven't been doing that. So, and Amari, I don't know if you want to expand on this anymore because what you brought up is a good point. Like, they're not really doing anything to restore faith in actually quite literally anything. No. Yeah, no, I really just feel like right now they're doing the opposite of that. Like, sometimes you're seeing – like all these other teams this offseason, you pretty much seem to making smart decisions and putting faith in, like, uh, Dak. Yeah, like Dak. They just signed. They Dak just signed an Dak. Today. That was so good yeah. to see. I was like, okay, you know, see, some teams are making smart decisions. I feel like it's not hard to do the smart thing, especially when you got like money on the line. But I feel like at a certain point, you can see some teams are more about money and more teams are about uh, winning. And that shows in the front office because there's a way you could make a contract where we could have all the players that we need. Like there was no reason for us to release Carlos Dunlap the way that it went down. So it clearly must be a money situation. I don't know what they, they're yeah. doing, but, uh, you know, maybe Honestly, they get their money's worth that they put their faith in the quarterback that they pay so much money for. But, you know, that's just me. That's just me. And that's the wild part, though. Like, we're not – there's been no move of good faith to show that Russell Wilson is the quarterback. You know what I mean? Kind of like – kind of the same situation Rodgers was in going into this season. Mm. Like, nothing has shown <laughs> yeah, that they're going to draft a quarterback in the second round. That would be and terrible. Like, that would be absolutely – I think the draft will also be telling, but not for that reason, obviously. Oh, yeah. No, the draft, that's all this whole offseason is something that's going to really, like I've said before, it's really important that they do a good job here. We are in a wacky, wacky important offseason. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Uh, Like, there's just, I I can't think of another offseason in the Seahawks' recent history that's been this important. Because for a while, I mean, it was you didn't have to worry about, you know, Russell potentially leaving. It was like, okay, Russell's here, you know. You didn't even have to worry about pass rush for a while, because yeah. But in recent years, for year, even even in the Super Bowl year, off the off the offensive line wasn't stellar. Mm -hmm. Uh, The defensive line was, you know, we we move on, defensive line still, and then for a while, I mean, we had Frank Clark, and then Frank Clark goes away, and then in like the past three years. The line's been an issue. I mean, the offensive line's been an issue for a while. So those things, you know, the lines haven't been taken taken care of. But with the Super Bowl teams, you could kind of sneak away with that just because of the incredible talent you had in the other spots on both sides of the ball. You can't get away with that now all the time. I mean... Losing Frank Clark was really the beginning of the end for the... That was, that was a little bizarre. I, I talked about it. I was upset about years. that. And I will always talk about it forever. I don't know why we let him walk. The dude was like literally the Well, we didn't let him walk. We traded him. Second coming of Cliff Averill. And we just said, bye. I traded for... Have a good one. He was better than Michael Bennett. I'll say that. 2019. I just think it's weird. Like, what are they seeing that we aren't? Yeah, because for a while I just said, okay, you know, I've got faith in these guys. And then now it's like, what's going on? Question mark. You know, I don't really understand 
yeah, I don't really understand what the issue. Oh, we drafted LJ Collier with the first round pick from the Kansas City trade. Hmm. Remember, yeah, uh, LJ I Collier, the, the 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 star replacement to Frank Clark that we've been looking for. He's got some time, but uh, you know, uh, I think he's been in the league as long as Frank Clark was in the league when we traded him. Uh, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> can't do this anymore wait i'm tired i'm tired guys so much of this you know headache so you know it the yeah next week i think i think by the time we're recording next week episode 50th episode uh we'll have we'll certainly have some things to talk about so i think i, w- I just want to pose a question to y'all real quick just because i think it's prevalent but i think it's prevalent i think it's fun do you have a prediction of what we're going to see in terms of re-signings anytime soon? Oh, that... God. Honestly, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know either. I don't know even what the Seahawks care about at this point. You know, you're not sure that you care got, about your quarterback. Got... You don't care about your defense. You don't care about your offense. Like, what, what do you care about right now? <laughs> I mean, you've got KJ Wright to think about, who we haven't talked about today. We've got... right. So Dunlap's a free agent, KJ free agent, Bruce Irvin, Jacob Hollister, Vincent Mioa, Carlos Hyde, Mikey Potty's retired, I believe. Uh Cedric Boyhe, Quentin Dunbar, Gino Smith, Nico Thorpe, Ethan Pochich, Nick Ballor, Brandon Jackson. <laughs> uh, this list is too long. Puna Ford, too, who's what? a restricted no. he's a restricted free oh, agent. Okay. He's restricted. But, Which is funny because I could see another team going for him and the Seahawks just being like, have fun. It just the fact that we've got this long, long list and no news whatsoever about any extension, nothing, no new deals, nothing is no. concerning. So, I mean, I have nothing to go off of right now. Like, like Omari said, I, I don't know what they care about. I don't know what they're looking at. You know, it'd be really cool to, you know, look into – well, I don't know if they've got a war room set up, but to look like look at, I don't know what they use. Look at whatever spreadsheet they've got going on right now. And say, oh, what what what's the priority, guys? You know, look at their Microsoft. You know, go to their Microsoft Teams server. Say, hey guys, what's really important hey, to you this off season? It's me, Brian uh, Schottenheimer. Hey, wait a minute. Tell oh. me what who we're drafting, and they're like, wait, aren't you? No. Um. <sighs> It's okay. Me and Pete Carroll worked it out. We have, we believe, run the ball. Yeah. I think if you were to ask me this, ooh, I don't know, 12, 14 hours ago, I would have said, oh, we're going to resign Carlos Dunlap for sure. Oh, wait. That's no. probably our first move, you'd think. Right. Oh, whoops. My head. Um, and I'd say now the most sensical thing to do would be a Jamal Adams deal. Maybe watch, a... watch them not make any of these moves and they sign Chris Carson to this big fat payday. If they, hey, listen, if they sign <laughs> if they uh, sign Carson to like not a to max play contract, devil's advocate, I, but I quite literally will have a hard time watching the team this year. Yeah, no, I would go into this year and think, okay, no. I'll be like, okay, this they is don't want to struggle struggle season. Compete, so I, you know, but. I I kind of agree, and this is kind of I was kind of baiting you guys into this answer too, because I wanted to really drive home the point that the Seahawks are directionless right now. They are. 
purely. It makes me sad because I feel like if anybody left the Seahawks, they would automatically be like, oh, don't know where I'm going. I feel like if anybody left the Seahawks, they would automatically be like on a contending team. Like, I feel like they would see better production on any other team. Like, I feel like sometimes the Seahawks didn't know how to like properly lose their players to full potential. Like, I feel like if Russ left, uh, like, he probably would like play better. <laughs> No, because they probably. Well, I mean, looking at the teams you want to go to, the only place I believe that would actually happen is Saints. Yeah, the Saints. Saints. Oh God! Like if Russell, if Russell went to the Saints, I think he'd win a Super Bowl. (laughs) The year he started. What if they lose to the Vikings in playoffs again? Russell Wilson, I don't think (laughs) would do that. Yeah, Russell Wilson would help them. Oh God, I don't want to talk about these guys anymore. No more Seahawks. No No more Seahawks. Let's talk about no more Seahawks. Uh. Let's just get a quick one in here because we've been spending too much time on this stupid American football. Uh, Baltimore proposed the idea of an in-game official in the press box to be able to overturn clear and obvious calls. I think this is a kind of a dead, dead, uh, an easy answer here. What do we think? Yes. Yes or or no? Yes. Yes. Without a doubt. That's that's one of the things that needs to just be, just give them the golden stamp, Roger. But Roger does questionable things. So also the AFL had it. AFL that lived for like five months. Yeah, RIP. Good times. Uh, spring training. Let's get into baseball here. Uh, thin met no metal. <laughs> thin wooden stick hit the ball. Uh, there are a long <laughs> list of games to go over here in terms of spring training and four ties. Yes, yeah. four ties in a row. Let's get into it. March second versus the Cleveland baseball team. The team lost six to one in a brutal fashion. Play of the game was Taylor Trammell with a hit in an RBI. Our third at oh, the Chicago shit. Cubs. Oh, Bennett just hit the floor. Uh, <laughs> My third at the Chicago over. Cubs on ESPN. The team tied 8-8. Eight to eight. Yes, that's the first tie of four. Play of the game was Jack Reinheimer with two hits, one run, and two RBIs. March 4th versus the Colorado Rockies. They tied 9-9. Nine nine. Play of the game, Meech Anager with one hit, one run, and three RBIs. March 5th versus the Chicago White Sox. They tied 2-2. Two Player of the game was Kyle Lewis with two hits and two runs. Two opposite field hits, by the way. And the team turned a triple play, so yay. Uh, March 6th versus the Oakland Athletics was the final tie of that four straight ties. Uh, Justin Dunn pitched two innings with only one hit and two strikeouts, so good for Justin there. March 7th at the Anaheim Angels, they lost 6-2, to two, and the only bright spot was Logan Gilbert, who faced the Angels starters featuring Mike Trout and struck out four in two innings, so good for Logan Gilbert. And then March 8th, today they lost at Cleveland 10 to nothing. No player of the game. Big sad face for you. The Mariners, uh, in team news, sorry, the Mariners were reported to sign uh, their favorites to sign first base slash outfielder Lazaro Montez during the 2021-2022 international signing period. And they're also the favorite to sign shortstop Martin Gonzalez. This could not be made official until January 2020 because of a uh, – there's some sort of deal the league has with international signing and that won't happen till next year. But these are two prospects that are supposed to be really, uh, really talented prospects. So, I mean, it'd, it'd be good to see the team continue to add to the farm system. Uh, the MLB also announced that teams will operate alternate sites similar to those used in 2020, which will delay the AAA season for at least a month. Um Probably wouldn't be in a, a good idea to send Mr. Kelnick down there. I think that would just piss him off even more, uh, because that would that would uh, 
with the way that's going, that would delay his season even longer. So let's uh, probably not do that. Uh, speaking of Kelnick, Kelnick, Kelnick was sidelined uh, over the past week due to a strained adductor muscle in his left knee, but he said that he will be back on the field. He said it last week. He said he'd be on the field next week. Um, and he's already been doing his conditioning and his rehab. So I don't know. I mean, obviously the thing, the situation with Kevin Mather happened, but uh, I'm I'm really excited to see Kelnick play. And it would be really cool to just see him in a Mariners uniform for years and years to come. Um, I don't know. The more I hear about him, the more he sounds like a badass. So, uh, excuse me. Looking ahead to the next slate of games for the Marineros, the team will play March 9th versus the Kansas City Royals, March 10th versus the Texas Rangers, the 11th at the LA Dodgers, the 12th versus the Cincinnati Reds, the 13th versus the Rockies, the 14th versus the Brewers, former pilots, and the 15th versus the Arizona Diamondbacks. Nothing really new coming out of that camp. Outside of that, Bennett and I will have a pitchers and catchers preview next week to be followed by an infielder, an infield uh, preview. What did I say? Did I say preview? Uh, Preview the next week and then the last week uh, of the month uh, just before uh, spring, I mean, pardon me, opening day on Thursday, April 1st, we will have the outfielders. So uh, previews are coming. Uh, Seattle Sounders, as they head into preseason, their preseason schedule was announced. Uh, They started the the first, and they're going to go to the 15th for training at Starfire Sports. Uh, April 6th through 11th, they'll have training camp in Los Angeles. April 12th through 16th, they will be training at Starfire Sports once again. And then April 17th, the MLS season will begin. Uh, They will have matches during the preseason. They'll have on the 25th of this month of March, they will play the Tacoma Defiance. The 30th, they will play the Portland Timbers. On the 7th, they will play LA Galaxy's second team. Uh, and then San Diego Loyal SC on the 11th, followed by the same day versus LA Galaxy, their second squad. Um, and in bigger news than just preseason games, uh, the team brought back Freddie Montero. Freddie Montero, if you have followed the Sanders at all, uh, or even have paid attention to them at some some capacity. Freddie Montero is probably somebody that you remember. He made a big impact in his time with the team, uh, spending three years in Seattle from 2009 to 2012. So that's a big, uh, it's a pretty big signing in regards to his name. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what he's got left in the tank. And analytics show that he's got a lot, but some people don't really like analytics. Um, Seattle Storm, there's one big piece of news here for the Storm. And it's that the franchise unveiled a new rebranded logo. They unveiled it on the 2nd of March. Uh, If you listen to the podcast, you would know that I predicted this. Uh, (laughs) um, uh, They uh, unveiled it the day that we uploaded episode 48. Um, And it's a new brand identity. It, quote unquote, reflects the stored history of the franchise, its championship culture and connection to the city of Seattle and the Pacific Northwest. Uh, in a statement, they said that the new logo retains the iconic image of the Space Needle, which sits within basketball ribs overlooking it all as the peak of Mount Rainier, representing Seattle's home in the Pacific Northwest. At the center, a lightning bolt evokes the intensity, power, and purpose of the storm identity, both on and off the court. Uh, the logo's combined elements bring together both the sleek, innovative aesthetic of Seattle with the natural power in the surrounding Pacific Northwest. The new word mark uses a more futuristic typeface to better represent the fast-paced and forward-moving city the storm calls home. 
The new primary colors feature a lightning yellow, a deep thunder green, and neon green bolt. Very cool. Uh, Sue Bird and Jordan Canada raced a flag featuring the new logo atop the Space Needle on March 3rd. Um, and then in the last sort of piece of news from that uh, statement that they put out, artist Mary Shibuya and Zaire will create a mural celebrating the storm's new identity and continuing commitment to social justice efforts in Seattle, uh, which will be installed on the Toulouse Pettit building on Mercer and Queen Anne Avenue, uh, just a block away from Climate Pledge Arena. I almost forgot the name there. Um, so with all of my blabbing, uh, I'll put the logo itself in the uh, cover page for this episode, just so if in, in some capacity, if you haven't seen it somehow. Uh, both of the guys have seen it, and I've already gotten their reviews on it, which, uh, you know, after hearing them, they make sense, but what what are uh, we're gonna start with Omari because I've started with Bennett twice and uh, I think Omari had technical difficulties the first time. Omari, uh, your thoughts on the new logo and your explanation for those thoughts? Honestly, as I said earlier, I just think it's very disappointing. You know, I feel like it's not even just a storm. I feel like it's like a lot of teams lately that uh, they try too hard to make their designs too modern, which kind of takes away the uniqueness. I they kind of did it with the whole like Mount Rainier and the Space Needle inside, but I feel like it's it's kind of just disappointing as a logo. I feel like they could do something a lot more exciting, a lot more different, something like it would be more fun to like represent, you know, but, uh, you know, kind of like how the Seahawks logo, like the Seahawks logo has some character to it in a way, but uh, yeah, no, I just feel like it could be better. They could definitely do something to spice it up, make it more fun, especially when this wasn't like a whole thing that you was planned it was like you did this to make up for money like you might as well just do something crazy with it but that's just me you know some people like that sleek modern thing i just kind of think it's like it's just meh and i think omari has a good point because he he was you were talking about how you know logos in general right uh have kind of tried to get toward this modern approach and we talked about this before we started about i brought up the the way that the Super Bowl logos have gone in the NFL and the draft logos and even uh, the NBA logos nowadays, they're just, you know, they're, I think uh, like the Pistons and I think the Nuggets, some of them are just like, there's just a basketball and it's the name. Just, it's just disappointing how some of them have gone. So, you know, it, it made sense. Uh, Bennett? Uh, I thought I was muted and I just muted myself. Um, <laughs> I don't know. There's like been a lot of like <sighs> logo changes lately in like a lot of different leagues just because, yeah, we are seeing a lot of things kind of trend that way, that weird modern minimalist design. Look at the F- Firefox logo right now. It's like whack. I don't use Firefox. Yeah, neither do I. I'm not. I don't either. I just am like, look at it. You know what it looks like normally? Look at it now. It's nothing. It's just like blue and red. It's not even a fox anymore. Look at the Clippers. I gotta see this now. Uh, Firefox logo. The Clippers have kind of done the same thing, although I like their new logo. Their old logo is kind of. Oh, what? It's not even a fox anymore. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What? 
I so think like, the best example of this is the Raptors because they used to have a dinosaur with their logo. Uh, the like, Raptors oh. was so cool. Now it's like, oh, we put a basketball and it's got rip in it. Oh. oh. So, yeah, this minimalist trend I don't care for. It makes logos not fun. I'm that's the word. Just make Batman like a bee. Wait, that's what they did with the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> yeah, the Bucks, the Celtics, the Warriors, the Hawks, the 76ers, the Timberwolves. I don't think like I all those them. animal ones. They I don't think I logos. Well, a bunch of them are just like circles, and there's no creativity to it really. It's just the pistons, circles, and then they throw a kind of uh, some sort of font in their logo. Yeah, it's just disappointing. I don't mind the new Timberwolves logo. I don't. I'm just going it's with like fine. the circle trend, you know. Yeah, the circle trend's kind of annoying. They're just like, we're going to put our thing in a basketball. Yeah, it's like, woo, 76ers logo in a basketball. Ooh, Raptors I think logo, the, I think let's add a Raptor logo is better than their old one. The which but, one? Because yeah. the Timberwolves logo is better than their old one. That's not what we're talking about. The sports logo, the Storms logo, podcast. the Storms logo, I think I like their old logo way better. I think yeah. that this new one's kind of lame, if I'm honest with you. It's a little too simplistic for me. There's not a lot going on. I think the ribs of the basketball being the Space Needle's uh, observation deck is pretty clever, and I do like that part of it, but I would have really liked this if this was like an alternate logo uh, that you could buy on a hat, and that's it. Good hat logo. Good it's hat a good logo. hat logo. Don't know if my, I'm uh, on a jersey. I'll get in contact with my people. She yeah. I, I I'm gonna I wouldn't lie I would be lying if I said I wouldn't I don't want a hoodie I'm gonna get one of the hoodies <laughs> I am I'm not gonna I'm interested to see though with what you guys are saying uh they haven't released what the jerseys look like That's so I'm wondering point. what they do with that so we'll we'll see but uh you know luckily I don't have to worry about talking about like Sue Bird wanting a trade like certain teams Sue Bird demanding a trade Sue Bird demand all, trade it's oh. all Megan Rapinoe's fault <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was good good one uh so yeah that's uh getting into our Sonics just kidding no Sonics news said well I mean <laughs> what Zach, a bait and switch Zach Levine said that when there's a team here he said that he would love to play for the team call him a boy which would be pretty cool but you know so looking at the uh we're going to take our preview of the Sonics 2025 roster. No, I'm kidding. Wait, so, hold on. Hold on. Did you guys watch the – okay, I'm sorry. This is really off topic, and I know we're running kind of long. But did you guys watch the dunk competition this year and see how absolutely lame it was? I didn't watch it. Oh, mediocre. Uh, I did not watch it. So any bad. Like Anthony Simons, his first dunk was pretty tight because he just did the Vince Carter, uh, um, the one where he throws it up from the three-point line and uh, – it's the iconic Vince Carter dunk on desk dunk. And then he tried to kiss the rim and but fucking, he was... <laughs> he fucking missed and he won. Yeah. I did, didn't they try to jam that into halftime? Or I don't yeah. know how that went. Uh, yeah, no, they did. Yeah, I think that's uh, how that worked, right? Because yeah. they did they did yeah. the dunk contest and they finished it out. That sounded like a, just a big mess. And like Obi had an okay dunk. It wasn't as good as Anthony's first two, I don't think. He just did it between the legs. So, oh, he just did. Yeah, I can't even touch a rim, but like, I can't even touch that. <laughs> <laughs> but Dang. I'm just saying, from Calling a spectator, out. from a spectator, this dunk contest kind of blew. <laughs> it was shitty. Yeah. Zach Levine's dunk contest was like the last one where I was like, holy shit. Yeah, that one. Last year? Nah, no, his first one in like 2018. Oh, yeah. Um, 
And when Blake Griffin dunked over that Kia, dunked over that Kia. Uh, no more, no more basketball. Uh, hockey though. 950 KGR announced that they will be the official radio home of the Seattle Kraken. So you can listen to the old boys on the uh, old hockey rink on 950 KGR. I don't know what kind of, you know, it doesn't matter to me. Are they really the old boys? If they're new? I don't, I don't know. I was just trying to be dumb. He was trying to do a cool thing. Yeah. I was trying to do a thing. I'm right. I mean, right. yeah. Speaking about Seattle get. dragons news, just kidding. No dragons news next year, next year. Um, okay, this is the Huskies part of the podcast. So, uh, well, the Pac 12 football schedule was announced. Um, oh, I have to report about Puka leaving. Damn it. Are the Seahawks not the Seahawks? Are the uh, the Huskies in the March Madness? Oh, not even. Well, <laughs> well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> if by some miracle, wait, this is hard to get through football first. Give me a minute. Uh, the Pac-12 football schedule uh, starts with September 4th versus Montana. Uh, September 11th, they'll go and play at Michigan. Ooh. Uh, September 18th, they'll play versus Arkansas State at home. T- 25th of September, they'll play California. October 22nd, ooh, sorry. October 2nd, they'll play at Oregon State. They'll get the bye week on the 9th after that. October 16th, they'll play at UCLA. No, they'll play here versus UCLA. It got me all frazzled, Bennett. God. Uh, October 26th, they'll play... Ooh, 22nd. I'm all over the place. Kumbaya. October 22nd, they'll play at Arizona, followed by the October 30th game versus Stanford on the road. (laughs) Then they'll come back home on the 6th of November to play Oregon. So you'll get two away games and then have to play Oregon, which will be a tough test for this team, but, you know, uh, hoping that they'll be up for it. November 13th versus Arizona State. November 20th versus Colorado on the road. And then November 26th will be the Apple Cup versus Washington State at home here uh, in Washington. Interesting. Uh, oh, yeah, because they didn't get to have it this year. Uh, and then if the team is able to make it to the Pac-12 championship game, that would be on December 3rd. Uh, and then Husky Pro Day for the NFL prospects, uh, since they can't have a combine this year where everybody's at the same combine, will be Tuesday, March 30th. Um, and then the one news piece that I've already alluded to, uh, Puka Nakua, wide receiver, that uh, is a junior this year uh, and recorded 16 catches in 11 games uh, with three touchdowns, uh, entered the transfer portal, uh, and it wasn't for any sort of bad reason, apparently. Uh, he just wanted to be closer to home and play with his brother. Uh, his brother was with, I think it was Utah State, and now they're both playing at BYU. Um, and, uh, the reason that I was told was that they wanted to play, they wanted to be closer to family. So, you know, can't fault a guy for wanting to be closer to family. Uh, and best of luck to Mr. Nakua out at BYU. Uh, basketball. <laughs> okay, now let's get into this. Uh, UW is the 10th seed in the Pac-12 tournament, and they will play Utah on Wednesday the 10th. If UW wins, they'll play USC, who's already got a really good team. So I think the only option that UW has to getting to play in the big dance (laughs) is winning the tournament. And the Pac-12 already has some good basketball teams. I think Arizona's really good, and they've got Remy Martin. Uh, So that, that would be their way in. That would Where be can the... I watch this tournament? Ooh, that's a good question, Bennett. I think it'll be. I'm not sure if it's because uh, I, I have 12 the... network. Yeah, because I have like my cable login, 
and I've been able to watch some games. I was able to watch like half a hockey game the other night just so I could watch hockey. <laughs> Gotta get uh, a. I, that's I actually, that's not laughable. That's uh, you know, you're getting on there. I really, pre- I need to get. I did, yeah, I was trying to learn hockey the for rock. dummies book. I played NHL. This is stupid, but I played NHL 20 to like learn the rules. I think that's actually not a bad way to learn the rules. No, I think I think playing uh, uh, the NCAA games kind of helped me get into that. Uh, started to help me in my knowledge of football. Uh, yeah, like it punishes if you get the rules wrong. So it's like, okay, now I know the rules. But like, oh yeah, it'll be Pac-12 Network for the first game against Utah. Ugh. Rad. So, so I get to watch that one game, and then we're done. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll see. And, uh, we got what ten days before March Madness. That's gonna be fun. Oh wait. Oh wow, yeah, because everything's gonna be packed in. So I feel like we can't really talk about it on this podcast, but it'll be fun. We should make brackets. Well, if Noah, if they get wait, if yeah, Wazoo by some chance makes, if they it, get in, then we'll we'll talk about it because Noah's we'll on talk the team. about it. Obviously, um, and Omari, I guess no, we're not. The Ramblers, come on! No, we're not. No, Chicago, no, too far away. <laughs> too far away. Come on, too far away. They'll get a mini Show shout some out. Love. The fine, they can take over the men's section of the basketball college. Yes. Um, women's, uh, they the women's team played versus Colorado in their first game of the tournament. They beat Colorado sixty-eight to fifty-four. The player of the game was Haley Van Dyke with eighteen points and six rebounds. They would go on to play number nine ranked UCLA. That's number nine in the country. And they would lose 58 oh. to 46. They were in this game for a good amount of time. UCLA just uh, pulled away. Uh, Quinn Miller was the player of the game with 19 points and seven rebounds. Haley Van Dyke had to exit the game early due to injury. And uh, that's at this point, unless I don't remember if there's NIL in uh, women's. But that's <laughs> there's no there's no there's no big dance for the women this year. Very oh, sad. Get your, get your face away from your mic, Doc. Oh, you're hearing him breathe? Yeah. Oh, um, my bad. <laughs> uh, Haley Van Dyke was named a Pac-12 honorable mention. She had 12.2 points per game this year and 44 steals in only 18 games. So very cool. Uh, baseball, baseball. Uh, I will give them the hat of shame this week. Uh, versus Loyola Marymount in their first game of three, they lost one to two in 10 innings. Uh, played the game DH Michael Brown with one hit and one run. In their second game versus Loyola Marymount, they won seven to two. Played the game with first baseman Will Simpson with three hits, two RBIs and one run. And in their final game of the weekend in the series versus Loyola Marymount, they lost two to three and eight innings due to Thunder. No player of the game this game, they get a sad face. Uh, their overall record at this current point in time is four and six, and their Pac 12 rank is 10th. They will play March 9th versus Portland the day this is uploaded. They will play against our friend Benny P, and Jack Fulkins is on the roster, I believe. Uh, right? Did we go over that? Yeah, and Henry yep. Mensch. Oh, geez, that's right. Henry Mensch, Fulkins, and Pataxa will be up here at UW. They, oh, I was told that they only get one guest. Um, but Ben was able to get two tickets, so he'll, his parents will be there. So that's cool. But, uh, you know, just... Uh, Very pertinent news to our podcast. Hey, man, we know the guy. Definitely is. We know the guy, all right? Um, yeah, I don't know why. That's the school I go to, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, Ben is trashing me. <laughs> Come on, man. Um they'll play March 9th versus Portland, March eleventh versus Seattle U, March twelfth and thirteenth versus Wazoo, and then they'll play March thirteenth again versus Seattle U. Softball team, again, they get the head. It's gonna be hard for me to take away the gold star from these guys. 
uh, I mean women. They played at Hawaii three times and they won all three games. The first game they won eight to nothing in five innings uh, due to the run rule. Uh, left fielder Sammy Reynolds was player of the game with three hits, one home run, uh, three runs, and three RBIs. Honorable mention was Gabby Plain. She had five innings pitched, one hit allowed, and 11 strikeouts. Uh, the next game, they won 11-3 in five innings. Sammy Reynolds, again, with player of the game honors, uh, with two hits, two runs, three RBIs. And then in their win, their final win against Hawaii, the sweeping them, they had a win of 11-3 with no run rule. Uh, player of the game was Sis Bates at shortstop with four hits, four runs, and one RBI. In uh, team news, Gabby Plain was named Pitcher of the Week by Wilson slash NFCA. She's the third week in a row that she's won this honor. She's also been Pac-12 Pitcher of the Week the last two weeks. Her current record as it stands this season is 8-0, so that's pretty good. And then over the weekend, Sammy Reynolds had a 7-2-7 batting average with seven runs and 11 RBIs. That, that, that's pretty good. Uh, their team ranking is currently eight and they have a team record of six and two. And even with that six and two record, they're only fifth in the pack 12, which is bizarre, but it, I, I looked at it. And the only reason that is, is because uh, I think the number one team in the, na- in the nation, excuse me, in the pack 12 is Arizona, but it's because they're like nine, nine and oh, and they haven't played as many games as UW. So that's why. They don't have number one in the Pac-12 rankings. Um, their upcoming schedule, they will play the Husky Classic at home, uh, March 12th versus Seattle, March 13th versus Portland State, March 13th versus Seattle, and March 14th versus Portland State. Do you guys, Bennett, have a rivalry with Portland State, or is it one-sided? I think I've answered this before. No, I don't think so. Oh, wow. Not... Lame. Lame. Yeah, I don't, I don't really think that's a big deal. <laughs> Although I'm not really in tune with our school's sports culture. Do you guys get angry at their theater department? Huh? Oh, yeah. We get into it, bro. Oh, we see yeah. them in the street. I'm like... You guys, you guys act terribly. Hey, you tussle. also played Cliff Bradshaw, and we, we tussle. <laughs> yeah. So but soccer it's stage combat, so nobody really gets hurt. Oh. <laughs> um, soccer team, on the men's side, they beat San Diego State 3-2 to two in overtime. The player of the game was Charlie Ostrom with a golden assist. Uh, team news for the men's team. Lucas Meek was named the team of the week by Soccer News. The team is currently 4-1 and one and will play games versus Seattle and at UCLA upcoming. The women's team uh, played down in Arizona and they won 3 to nothing. And they had a tie in double overtime versus Arizona State. And they sit at 4-0-2. So they haven't lost yet, but they do have two ties. Uh, the upcoming games they have are versus the Stanford Cardinal and the California Golden Bear. Are they Golden Bears? Yes. Uh, the volleyball team came away one and one this weekend uh, versus Oregon. They won three to nothing in their first game and lost two sets to three in their second game. Uh, and then f- in team news for volleyball for the second straight week, Utah Volleyball claimed two out of three Pac-12 Players of the Week awards for volleyball. Uh, junior Maureen Grote and freshman Maddie Ansley. Uh, who was also named the freshman uh, of the week for the second time this season. The team is currently ranked number seven in the NCAA and number one in the Pac-12 with an 11-3 record, and they will play two games upcoming versus USC at home. So that is it. Another week. We are one week away from 50 episodes. Jeez. I wow, that's, that's a pretty big. We're going to have to celebrate with something. I sit here and talk into this mic for 50, 50 times I've sat here and done this. So, you know, that's pretty cool. But – uh it's not cool until uh, the Seahawks free up some damn cat space. So, oh, uh, happy Happy International Women's Day! 
yep happy international women's day. day i mean just for you guys w- when we think about it you know i think in relation to this podcast itself in terms of like seattle women <laughs> we've had some pretty big uh uh women athletes from just i mean sue bird obviously we've mentioned before megan rapino daniel laurie uh shoot 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 oh i would say her, uh i guess hope solo counts she I was yes uh, i don't was, i don't think she's the best representation for yeah. today um kelsey plummet u-dub and god lauren jackson i can't believe i forgot lauren jackson just all this so many players came through the storm in the rain too so you know we've we've had some pretty badass women come through seattle um so happy it's international, right? Yeah, happy International Women's Day. Yeah, so happy International Women's Day this eighth that we're recording this, the eighth of March, and we will be back on Tuesday. The I have to make sure just because I forget That's the fifteenth. Oh well, we'll be back on the sixteenth because they'll hear this on the sixteenth. But we'll all right, we'll technically be recording this on the fifteenth. Yeah. So hopefully. Uh, we didn't have the best week in Seattle sports. I mean, the Mariners tied four times. Seahawks are doing things that we've already been mad about. Mm-hmm. Storm got a new logo, which we're not thrilled it's, about. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, we'll see what next break, next week brings. But, you know, just being able to do this for 50 weeks, 50 weeks. Oh, wait. Yeah, it has been 50 weeks because I do this weekly. Huh. Huh. Eh, it's pretty cool. So, you know just been able to do this with these guys now i mean i remember texting bennett i was like we should add omari to this and he was like yeah yeah we should he, i think you told me he was like yeah you, could, you should have done it earlier i was like i know <laughs> um so you know it's been pretty cool but excited to continue to do that and oh i didn't mention this so if you stayed to this point you'll get to hear it first but we've got a partnership coming up here what that what? Uh, I will oh. <laughs> I'll keep you guys in the dark. I will keep you guys in the dark. But if you go to the website uh and you go to the farthest right little uh button, there's home podcast, YouTube blog, the hosts, and then there's more. If you click the more part, there are two partner slots that are opening up here and they're both big question marks. So uh those will be revealed in coming weeks. So uh if you're listening to this point in time, you know, good good on you. But uh, we will be back next week. Bennett, no, we'll let Omari make the funny noise. Omari, hit the funny noise. Oh, you were far away when you did. Ah. Baba Booey.